All right, let's turn in our Bibles now to 1 Peter chapter 2 today. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're just going to take a look this morning at a couple of verses, verses 4 and 5 today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And I want to preach on the subject this morning, set apart as living stones. I'm glad you're here today. I hope that, hope that you're glad to be here. And I hope that as we go through the Word to the, together today, that we will just fall more in love with Jesus. And we will be so glad to be a part of His church. So, subject today is set apart as living stones. Um, this this uh, past Friday night, um, the, the Lord blessed and brought together, I think, 13, 13 couples uh, for marriage night um, here at the church. And, and it, was a, it was a good night. Any, anytime uh, you can be with your friends, your, your brothers and sisters in the Lord, your spouse uh, sitting under the Word of God, sound teaching with Chick-fil-A, that, that's a good night. All right? Uh, uh, so so um, we, we came together and we listened and, and learned, watched for, for several, several hours. Uh, uh, but at the end of the messages... Um, there was a message from uh, Francis and Lisa Chen. Francis is a guy, by the way. Lisa is a girl. So, so, so we heard from Francis and Lisa Chen, and they were, they were talking about uh, the main goal of marriage. That's what they spent their time talking about, the main goal of marriage. And, and it's not what you're prone to, to thinking. Um, uh, they, they said that marriage wasn't for uh, your, your personal enjoyment or pleasure, but, and it's not just about having a, a good life or, or, or uh, filling yourselves up with activity uh, for your family, for your enjoyment, building, you know, building your home and your family and your kids and, and all that. Um, they, they were talking about using the marriage relationship to impact eternity. And, and that was, a, that was a, a challenging word because, and this, this goes beyond marriage, okay? We, we live in, in, a, in a very self-serving society where, where it's, it's all about uh, uh, me and getting what, what I want and what I'm after. And, and if I can't get it, if I can't get it, you're going to hear about it. You know, that's the type of culture that we live in uh, but because, because we feel entitled. Uh, the selfishness, you know, it, it's far beyond marriage. It can be applied to, to nearly every facet of life. And, and so I, I want to bring this out. Life can't be, life shouldn't be, but we make it out to be all about us. And, and as I heard the, uh, the Chan speaking, God began to hit those, those nerves, you know, the airways of your, of your heart and, and, and uh, with, with this conviction. And, and the Lord asked me in that, in that room that night, Peter, what is the goal of your life? What, what, is, what is the goal uh, of, of your marriage? What is, what is the point behind all that you do? And, and, and so this, I'm, I'm preaching today from the overflow. All right, something that the Lord has been dealing with me about for, for quite some time. Uh, from, from being a, a husband, a father, a pastor, a teacher, a leader, and on, on down the list. What purpose do I serve? And, and, and is it for Jesus or is it for myself? And, and if it isn't for him, who, who's it really for? And, and here's the thing. You show me in Scripture where Jesus says, please yourself or, or serve yourself. Or get what you want out of life. Whatever you do, do it for your own glory. You show me where that is, I'll pack up and we'll go home today. Does he ever say that? Never. Uh, uh, what, is, what is the goal of this life? And, and being that today uh, is it's Grad Sunday here at Midway in our 11 o'clock service, we're, we're celebrating seven graduates um, uh, this year and I have every reason to ask that question to them, but also to you all today. What is our life really about? 
what is our life really all about? You know, we, we've, all got, we've all got goals and we've all, we've all got dreams, but are they for the, the glory of God? Are they for the purposes of God? And, and, and so, and so that, that's the only thing that will last is, for, is what will be done for Jesus Christ. That, that's why we're saved, to be, to be set apart for the glory and the purposes and the kingdom of God. We are his people, folks. We're his bride. We're, we're his body, his church, for his glory and not, not our own. And that's what 1 Peter chapter 2 is all about. Living in this world and before this world as a chosen people, a, a set-apart people. And that is special. That is unique. You know, you, you and I as believers in Jesus Christ are a part of the family of God, the church. And that is a big deal. That is a big deal that we are a part of the church. And, and that should matter. That, that, should, that should fill up your soul with joy because I, I'm a part of the bride of Christ. H- have you ever been a part of a scre- special group of people before? Okay, something that, that was unique, uh, maybe a championship team or, or uh, maybe you were part of, uh, of an organization at work, a cohort that invented something or put something on the map or achieved something significant or maybe you were part of a, a band or, or a club or a crew and, and you've, got, you've got things to remember, you know, that group by. Thinking about our graduates this morning, they are forever the class of 2019 at Polk County High School. And so, and so I, I was thinking about some things that, you know, uh, that are important in my life. And, and, and there are some things that, that, I've, that I've got to experience that really, uh, uh, that, that they mean something to me. Okay, like, like this jacket. Yes, I have a Letterman's jacket. It's mine. It's authentic. I, I played varsity sports and I was a part of different sports teams um, throughout high school. And, of course, this jacket also represents the class of 2007 at Person, at Person Senior High School. Okay, uh, I, I was a part of I was a part of that class. That that, that means something to me. I'll, I'll forever be a part of that class. Um, here's the tassel um, from I think the best two years of education that I ever had at Fruitland Bible College, and, and so I and so I kept this because I, I love the school and, and I continue to be a part uh, of the school ten, ten years later. But this, is a, this was a vital part of, of my life and shaping um, in, in the ministry. So, so I, I personally love, love that the memorabilia. And then I've got this, I've got this name tag. I, I, I was a part of, of a group of some 40, 40 pastors and teachers um, from that same college that, that went to Israel last year. And that meant the world to me, you know, to be able to be able to go there. And then the fact that we're going to take a trip uh, with some of our church family, you know, next year back to the Holy Land. And so I'll forever remember that trip. That was a special group of guys. And, and, and the Lord blessed that we I've, I've saved the, the best, though, the best, though, for last. And, and, and this this is the most the most important uh, uh, group of people um, that, that I that I'm a part of. And, and that's you. This is my church family. Okay, in, in this picture are, are the people that, that matter to me the most, from, from my own personal family to my own spiritual family in the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when you are a part of something like that, uh, you, don't, you don't forget about it. Um, uh, you, you cherish it. You, you, you value it. And, and, so, and so those special moments, that, that class, uh, those teams, that group, man, that is the keepsake 
the memories and, and the joy that it was to be a part of that family. And, and you know what? It is a joy, a, a privilege, a, a special eternal thing to be a part of the family of God, an eternal class, okay, a heavenly class. Uh, let's talk about something for a moment. I, I want you to think about this. Do you see being a part of the family of God as a privilege? Do you see being a part of the family of God as a blessing? Do you see being a part of God's family a delight, a joy, an opportunity? Or do you see being a part of God's family a problem? Do you see it as a burden? Do you see it as a duty? Do you see it as a job? Do you see it as an obstacle? Be honest. Do you view your part as uh, your part of being a part of the church as work or worship? Because a lot of times the church loses its splendor and power and effectiveness and worth when we forget who she is. All right? She she's not a building. The church is not a group of songs or services. The church is not primarily a responsibility or a job or a social group. And she's not an organization for men and women to control. She's not a business. And the church is not a budget. The church is a bride, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, a group of people who have been saved, set apart, sent out specifically for the purposes of God. She is the graduating class for eternity, all right? And, and, and the church needs to be valued as such. When you, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you become a part of God's building, and, and, and it is forever. It is, it is unique and different, and, and, and yes, we have our differences, you know, amongst members, but we serve God for the same purposes, and it is a huge family scattered all over the world for the glory of Christ. Now, when we're looking here in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, he is sharing with the believers there that, uh, especially in verses 1 through 3, that, that to, to live a set-apart life of holiness, we need to remember that God is, is making us, okay, a spiritual house. Why does God want us to be different in our character? Why does God want us to be different in our conduct? Why does God want us to be different in our holiness? Because we have a different goal, and that is to build up a spiritual house through Christ, because of Christ, and for Christ. And so he's going to take chapter 2 and, and remind us of who we are. And that is to be set apart as the church. And in this world, we are called as the church to be set apart. That is the goal. And so Peter wrote, and, and, and as he asked them and challenged them, I'm also doing the same for us today. Who are you and what are you about and what is, what is the primary goal of your life? Don't settle for what vanishes quickly. Don't settle for what is temporary and forgotten about. Don't settle for things that will not matter. Be a part of something that is eternal. So I want us to read together in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. And, and Peter gives us two reasons why being set apart as living stones, the church, is truly an extraordinary thing. He says in verse 4, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, 
but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Two things I want us to learn today about being living stones. Not rolling stones, living stones, all right? Living stones. Here's the first thing. This is, this is one reason why it's special to be a part of the body of Christ. Here it is. We are built upon the chief cornerstone, Jesus. We are built upon Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Look at what Peter says in verse 4. He says, we're coming to him. Okay, we're coming to him. He, he says, we are able to come to God. We are able to enter God's presence. We're able to enter God's holiness only because of the true living stone, the rock, the foundation, the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter begins with Jesus, okay? Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious okay if you read on in verses uh, seven um, and and eight uh, it talks about how jesus is that chief cornerstone that living stone that foundation that that bedrock the word stone okay when you see the word stone here in, in this verse the word stone means a building stone okay a foundational stone i thinking about deuteronomy chapter 32 where, where where moses wrote i proclaim the name of the lord ascribe greatness to our god he is our rock same word that is used he is our rock his work is perfect deuteronomy 32 verse 31 says their rock their rock talking about the others okay the pagans their rock is not like our rock in other words their god's nothing like our God, the true God. Okay, Christ is our true spiritual foundational living stone, our rock of strength. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Jesus Christ is the rock, the chief stone on which the church has its foundation. Okay, what, what Peter is describing and has in mind here is a stone that has been perfectly cut. It's been perfectly shaped. It's set apart as the cornerstone of the church. The most important element of the foundation is that cornerstone, a living stone. Now, why is Jesus called a living stone? Because he is indeed alive forever. All right? He he died. The gospel is he died. He arose He gives life to all who put their faith, their trust in him. Jesus is precious, infinitely worthy of our praise. Jesus is perfect, okay, in in every way. And, And the verse later reads, he is the one to build our life upon. And here's the thing about Jesus. He was rejected. He was the perfect stone, is the perfect stone, is the foundational stone, yet men rejected him. They didn't want him. Even though he was chosen by God, men rejected him. They would not have him. They would not receive him. And here's why. Jesus didn't measure up to what kind of Savior they thought they should have. They got their preferences in the way. They got their opinions in the way. He didn't measure up to what they thought he should be. Instead of trusting God, instead of building their life upon Christ, they instead stumbled upon Christ. Instead of standing on that foundation, they stumbled upon that foundation. And they rejected God's word about him. They would not regard or listen to the truth, as verse 8 says. Jesus was to them 
a rock of defense. He was a stumbling block. Even though he was a saving foundational stone, he was to them a stumbling block. Christ really is the choice precious stone. And it's not so much about whether I see him as precious or foundational or not. I should, I need to, but Christ is the choice of God. Christ is the precious stone chosen of the Lord. And that's all that should ever matter. What did God see? What did God say? When I think about living a set-apart life, when I think about living a life of holiness that is, that is unique and that is, that is different and, and that is an example before others, I should, I should think, you know, before I do this or before I say this or before I think this or before I act on this, I should ask, well, what did God say about it? What does God see in me? What does God desire of me? Who, who cares what, what we like or don't like about Jesus? We're imperfect. We're, we're already out of the equation. We're, we're impure. God is not. And to him, to God, Jesus is the perfect, rare, prized, costly, living stone. Now, I want to ask you today, is Jesus that to you? Is he that to you? There's not a a, a greater, a firmer, a better, more solid foundation than the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no one greater to build your life upon than the Lord. He is precious and perfect and pure in every way. And Christ is is worthy of of all praise and belief and and service and worship and, and building our lives upon no one else. No one else. I, I heard about uh, back in the times of the Old West, pioneers would, would flood out um, east and, and they would, they, they would or talk, they flood out west to California and Oregon. And, and, and there, was a, there was one particular spot in, in the Rockies that, um, that these men would, would go to. And, and, and they came across this large dirt-covered uh, 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 track Okay, uh, this path, and in the middle of that path was this huge protruding rock. All right, and so it was in the middle of the trail, in the middle of the road there in the Rockies, and and so oftentimes this this rock would would break wagon wheels, and men would trip over it, and, and, and so finally people got tired of breaking their wagons over it. People got tired of tripping over it as they were trying to get along the trail. Finally, someone dug it up. And they rolled it to a nearby stream. And so the stream was way too wide for people to be able to jump across. And, and so people would oftentimes use that stone to get across the stream. That same stone that was a stumbling block, they would use it as a stepping stone across the stream. And it was used like that for, for years and years, the same stone. Well, one day a, a man picked it up and he said, I, this would be a great doorstop. So he picks it up and he, and, and, and he takes it home. And, and years pass, okay, here out, out west, years pass and, and a railroad is built and towns are starting to come up. And, and, and one day that same man, his, his grandson, traveled east to study geology. Okay, so he was in college, okay, he was, he was gone for quite some time, and he comes back home to his, to his grandfather, and on this visit, he begins to examine that doorstep. He examines that rock that used to be a stepping stone in the stream. He begins to examine that stone that was, that was once a stumbling block in the middle of the path. And as he examines that rock, he realizes 
that it is actually the largest, purest piece of gold ever found in the Rockies. And nobody ever noticed. Nobody ever knew to look within. It had taken three generations. No one realized its value. To some, it was a stumbling block. To, to others, it was a stepping stone. To others, it was a doorstep, but doorstop. But it was really a valuable piece of gold. Now, God has given us Jesus, all right, the capstone, the cornerstone of our lives. And I'm asking you today, will you build your life upon Christ? Will he be the goal? He is the foundation of the church, not the building, the building of people. Jesus is the foundation. He will either be our salvation or he will be a stumbling block. All right, he'll be one or the other. And I pray, I pray that Christ will be the foundation Okay, the stone, cornerstone in your heart, but also in the church. So we are built upon the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. I want to share with you this second thing. We are God's choice constructing stones. All right, we are God's choice constructing or building stones. We too are living stones. I want you to take a look at verse 5. It says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The church is called living stones. Christ is the living stone. We are also called living stones. When, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, all right, uh, uh, you, you share in the life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. You share in that. You, you have united yourself with Jesus. You don't just get to worship and serve and obey. You get to enter into a relationship with Almighty God. And it's a relationship of, of joy and peace. And your life is now hidden in Jesus Christ. You know God now. You have fellowship with God. As a matter of fact, Peter calls us the house of God. That's who we are. I, I get tickled because I say it oftentimes. You know, welcome. You know, we come to worship. We'll say, welcome to the house of the Lord. And we're talking about this building. No, let, let's correct ourselves. We are the house of God. We are the spiritual body of Christ. We are the place where Jesus dwells. We are the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. You are a spiritual house. Do you think of your body, your mind, your heart, your soul? Do you think of your life as a spiritual house in which God dwells? Hebrews chapter uh, 3 verse 6 tells us that we are a spiritual house. We are. We're also a priesthood. We're called his priesthood. We we see that in verse 5, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Peter is talking now about who we're meant to be in the Lord. We're part of the priesthood. So I guess you could walk around today and you could say, you know, to your wife or your husband or to your children, you could say to your neighbors, hey, I'm, a, I'm part of the priesthood. I'm a priest. Okay, then you think Catholicism. <laughs> More than that, you are a part of the priesthood. Okay, spiritual servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the Old Testament days, uh, 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 the priesthood was limited to, to just a few people. It was Aaron and his family, okay, the Levites. They, they were the only ones that, that were part of the priesthood. 
And, and you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of time to get into it, but in the Old Testament, the priests, okay, in Exodus 28 29, Leviticus 8 and 9, and Malachi 2, they were a special chosen group of people. That's who the priesthood was. And, and they, were, they were cleansed before they could serve the Lord. Before anybody else served the Lord, they, before they could serve the Lord, they had to be specially cleansed. And they were clothed differently. They, they looked differently for, for the service they had. They were anointed with oil. In other words, they were, they were anointed by God's power and presence. And they had special authority. Okay, and they were, they were prepared spiritually for what they would need to do. God didn't just say, hey, jump in there and begin doing priestly things. No, God, God led them through a, a seven days of preparation before they did anything uh, uh, before the Lord. There was a lifestyle of obedience that was expected of, of the priesthood. And you know what? When I think about our relationship with Jesus Christ and being a part of the church, we have those same callings. We too are a special people, a chosen people. We too have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been clothed for service. We are put on, we are to put on daily Jesus Christ and his character and his holiness. We are anointed with the presence of God. We are anointed with the spirit of God in our lives. We are to be prepared and we have every reason to be prepared because we have the teaching of the word of God uh, over our lives. And, And also we are called to a lifestyle of obedience, a lifestyle of difference. Okay, we do not make sacrifices for our sins like the priest did, but we do have spiritual sacrifices that we're called to offer to God daily. I want you to look at the last part of verse 5. It says, we're a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, here's a huge question for us today. In your daily life, and you can only answer for you, but in your daily life, what do you offer to the Lord? What do you offer to the Lord? If you read in Romans chapter 12, you're to give yourself to God, your whole self, daily, a living sacrifice. Okay, your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, everything belongs to Jesus. You are to be a daily living sacrifice. Everything that you are, everything that you possess, everything that you hope for, pray for, stand for, all of that belongs to Jesus. He deserves praise. He deserves worship. He desires for us to do good in his name. It it was 2 Corinthians 9, 8 that says, God blesses us abundantly with all, uh, uh, all that you'll ever need so that you can abound in every good work. And so God has called us as priests, as a holy priesthood, a, a chosen vessel, a, a group of living stones. God has called us to reach our brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has called us to reach our lost friends and neighbors and family members. God has called us to encourage those that we are around daily. God has called us to correct and restore those who fall astray. God has called us to minister to everyone around us. God has called us to study and share the word of God, whether it be preaching or teaching or discipleship. God has called us to be involved and engaged with the local church. God has called us to pray for one another. All of this is spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. Love for one another, like we talked about last week in in, in the last part of chapter 1, that is special offering to God, spiritual offering and sacrifice to God. He is greatly pleased when we do his work. 
All right, we are, we are serving God, giving him, offering to him the absolute very best with our lives. That's what God is worthy of. That's what God is deserving of. Wherever we are, whatever we do, whatever opportunity we have, give God the best. Give him the very best. Why? Why should God have the best? Because he dwells in your life. He, he called you. He saved you. He loves you. He's eternally worthy. Being set apart as living stones, his church should mean something special for your life. The church is not something to dread being a part of. The church is not something to disengage from. Uh, it's not something, uh, uh, it's not something that, that we're supposed to hold as like a, a, a job of responsibility, a, a burden or a, a duty, so to speak. It's way more than that. The body of Christ is beautiful. It's a blessing to be a part of. And it's made up of people like you who are set apart for spiritual service. So I'm asking you today to think about this. What is the goal of your life? Where is your heart? Where are, your head, where are you headed? And will Jesus get all the glory? From, from your very life to your family to your career to your path to the choices that you make, they're not to be centered around us. Spiritual service, worship, is about giving everything to God, presenting it all to God, opening up your hands, opening up your hearts, your life to Jesus, believing, trusting, proclaiming to him on a daily basis, I'm a living stone, and I am yours. Does Jesus have all of your life? Does he have all of your faith, all of your trust, all of your heart? Because he came to us. As a living stone, we're able now to come to God because Christ is our foundation. He was chosen and precious, and yes, he was rejected, but then some received him. And I hope that you are a part of that family of God because God has called us to be living stones, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood that offers up daily spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. Let me pray with you today. Lord, as we, um, as we enter into, time, into this time of invitation and reflection and prayer, today these two verses challenge us within our very being, our core, to ask, one, am I a living stone? Am I a living stone? In so many words, am I a child of God? It all comes back to Jesus Christ. Everything that we're about as a church comes back to what Jesus Christ did. Are we living through his life? Are we living through his death? Are we living through his example? Are we living through his righteousness, his glory, his holiness? We can't apart from you, Lord. We can't be the church, the people, the living stones that we are called to be apart from a relationship with Jesus. 
And so, God, this morning I pray that if there are people in the room or there are those that are listening today that don't know Christ, that aren't living stones set apart for his glory, I pray that they would make that decision in their very heart right now to say, yes, I want to give Jesus my whole life. I want to give Jesus my whole heart. I want to be able to say to him today, I am yours. Do whatever you please through my life. I I am your servant. I am a part of your priesthood. I'm a part of your family family. I'm a part of your building. God, you do the work in the house. You show me what needs to be changed. You show me what needs to be corrected. You show me what isn't pleasing to you. And and you hold a huge garage sale and you throw things out of my life that, that, that aren't pleasing to you, that aren't glorifying to you so that I can be the perfect living sacrifice for you that you want me to be, you desire for me to be, you're calling me to be. Lord, do a work in our hearts today. I pray that everyone here has been challenged with the question, what is the goal, the purpose of your life? It isn't for ourselves. It isn't even for our own family. It isn't even for our own spouses. It goes beyond that. Our life is for Jesus Our life is for the glory of God. Yes, you bless us with people that that we are so, so blessed with and privileged to have. Yes, we're supposed to lead them, but we're supposed to lead them in the way of the Lord. It's all for you. All of this life is for you. For I'm afraid that if we don't live our lives for you, it will not last for eternity. God, you are eternal. You're about eternal purposes. Your church is to be about eternal purposes So God, lead us, call us, use us for eternal things. Lord, however you're dealing in our hearts today, maybe this morning we need to just respond to the word of God and say, Lord, I am so sorry that I've been withholding so much from you. I've not been giving you my best. I've been very haphazard in my worship. I've been very, I've been very lazy in my service. I've been very reluctant to say yes to something that you're calling me to do. Uh, As a a family, we're 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 just we're just we're 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 hesitant. We're fearful of, of commitment. Lord, I pray that all those excuses would just subside at at the foot of of the cross of Christ. And we would realize who and what you're calling us to be. Our time is so short. Our time is so short. And there's going to come a day where we're not going to be able to offer excuses. You're going to be looking at our lives and you're going to be asking, did you do the very best that you could for my praise and for my glory and for my kingdom? And I'm, and I'm praying for our church that we'll be able to say, yes, Lord, I did all that you called me to do. All that I could do for the glory of God, for your church, for your kingdom, for my life is hidden in you. So, Lord, do a work in our hearts this morning. Speak to us, Lord, through through the word of God. Minister to us during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. You respond as God leads you today. If he's calling you to a step of obedience, please take it. Listen to what he's saying for you to do. You come. God leads you. You come.